Welcome to Cape Crisis. I'm Henry Gilbert, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G, on Twitter. And this is the podcast about sequential art, comic books, and other things. It's about guts. The word's just, it's about guts. It's escape. You got it. Oh, okay, so... (laughs) Okay, got it. Uh-oh. Uh, hi. Hey, it's Brett Elston. I'm going to read him first because he's sitting in Chris's normal seat. Hello. Hi, I'm here. Uh, I've not used this machine in a while. Uh, <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> Man, you are good. Uh, and now sitting in Brett's seat is Christopher Antito. Hello, guys. In case you didn't know my very uh, my very current reference at the start of the show. And the, for- the fourth member of our show, the soundboard today, Elston. <laughs> Jesus. That reference was to um, John Travolta mispronouncing Edina Menzel's name at uh, the Oscars. Oh. And he was introducing her. He's like, and now Adil Nazim. <laughs> <laughs> I just I thought it's how Shazam's costume on. It does sound like a secret mm-hmm. word like that. Jesus, don't. You're going to spoil this episode. <laughs> so, guys, uh, boy, it's been a couple weeks. I uh, I flew down to Burbank. <laughs> Dude, more Leno. Uh, how are your arms feeling, Henry? Eh, you know, they're a little tired still. Oh, oh God. Whoa, that was uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it was... Uh, you lit this room on fire, Henry. But I did like last week's episode without me. It was uh, it was a nice little little bite. It was not very nice of you. What? It was mostly about how, it was how we how much we hate you. Yeah, I thought you were a little mad at me at mm-hmm. a certain point. And how we're tired of your anti-Semitism <laughs> and homophobia. Uh, you know that thing with Harold Ramis, though. That was uh, yes. Eh, boy, what a downer <laughs> that was last week. Huh? I, took, I sat there and looked at that forever. Like, how do how do you write that headline here? Mm-hmm. He gone, baby gone. <laughs> It's such a dumb joke. But, like, Harold Raymond, it was also sad to find out that he'd been, like, dying of a, he'd of been a, dying. Of a rare disease for two years. And that he was, he had not really spoken to Bill Murray since Groundhog Day. That yeah. was the most depressing thing. But I apparently they had wow. reconnected in the last months of his life or something. And there's a New Yorker article from, like, ten years ago. And it's the only one that, like, one guy, a friend of the two says, yeah, Bill resents Harold because some... At some point, someone had said, you wouldn't be where you were without Harold Ramis. Mm. And I never thought of it like that. Yeah, you know... It's like, the things we really quote and know Bill Murray from uh-huh. are all written and co-starring... Well, written by and co-starring Harold Ramis. Or, or Wes Anderson, the other or guy. Or Wes Anderson. Did. That's the thing. Like, I don't go around quoting fucking Bill Murray from... <laughs> what? I, I say that all the time. I say, like, I'm, feel, I'm feeling a little blue from Rushmore. She's in love with a dead guy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I, yes, I, I never quote that. Never. I love. Well, okay, not as much as that, but it also. But but when you think about that, like Bill Murray just moved from one auteur to another mm-hmm. and did his best work too. Like otherwise, he's just doing like Space Jam. Yeah, though he was great in Space Jam. It's the only redeemable part about Space Jam because that movie's biggest offense is that it's an animated Warner Brothers movie mm-hmm. with Bill Murray. Start with aliens, mm-hmm. starring Michael Jordan. It's boring as piss. Yeah, it really. Is. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't know what that button did actually. But the Harold Ramis stuff. I did. Uh, I watched Ghostbusters for the first time in a couple of years this week. I did too. Actually, I went to a bachelor party, mm-hmm. and we're all approaching our mid thirties, and it was like. <laughs> 
you guys go to the casino. We're going to watch Ghostbusters because we're sad. And we did. I know. We, 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 we rewatched we, 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 it. We, uh, we rewatched it. It's very hard to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing. The only it's thing. Not Netflix instant. The only thing. Yeah, that's how we watched it. The only thing that struck me as odd, and again, this is like, whatever. I still love this movie. Mm-hmm. But. Because uh, a lot of it is still just like amazing from 1984. Like, mm. it's such a great, great movie. But it was like. Was it Dan Aykroyd getting a blowjob from a ghost? That was weird. <laughs> it does feel really weird well, in that place. Wh- in the that movie. scene, I was like, what? I remember now it's the earliest I was introduced to the concept of a blowjob. Didn't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On repeat viewings. It was a little weird. Mm-hmm. But I was like, mm, well, whatever. But it was more the. Uh, like. Bill Murray is introduced as a guy abusing his authority to trick a girl into dating yes. him. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, whatever. But then it's like, he's also just constantly hitting on Sigourney mm-hmm. Weaver. And, and, and it's fine because she's like rejecting him and shutting him down the whole movie. But then mm-hmm. it's like, it's just weird. I don't know. There's something about they introduce him yeah. as kind of a creep ass. And it's like, yeah. okay, he's the, he's, the, he's the weird one of the group. But well, then he's but also he, the relatable one who doesn't believe anything. Mm-hmm. Well, that he's, a, he's just a weird character. Well, that he's a womanizer, but he doesn't like like he's not he's not sexually assaulting him. No, 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 he's not. But it he doesn't just, seem like a womanizer. The the moment where she connects with him is I I is now sticking out to me the greatest scene ever. She walks out with her shithead cello cellist friend, mm. and he's just sort of kind of dancing in front of the Metropolitan. Yeah, that was fun. It's I, super cute. But yeah, when they first when she when he walks around her apartment, they, there's also a weird part in it where I feel like this has to be Bill Murray doing a make him up where he mm. just goes like, you know, when I go home to my apartment and it's just uh, uh, this is not the exact quote because like when I. When I get home to my apartment, it's just me. I've got nothing else, you know? And and uh, he's, he's trying to make a connection with her, and she's just rejecting him. And there's there's just these moments of, like, Bill Murray's darkness that comes through. that his, <laughs> yeah. Like, that he's an unhappy person that hates himself, which is, like, I think he really taps into in Wes Anderson films, especially oh, wow. Rushmore. But, no, in Life Aquatic. and Yeah, and, and all those ones. Like, an unhappy guy who hates himself, but also is awesome. And great at staring in the uh, middle of a symmetrical screen. And there's also in Ghostbusters 2 a similar scene like that where they're talking about, like, why him and uh, Sigourney Weaver mm. broke up. And she's like, something like, I couldn't love you as much as you hated yourself or something like that. And, mm. and again, it just felt so. Yeah. Nice. Speaking of comic books, you're abusing the yes. soundboard. Interrupt. Yeah. T- Henry. Later yeah. on, Speedy Gonzalez. What is that? Who knows? <laughs> um, Henry, comic books. Oh, I really want to talk about Harold Ramis just a little bit more. Ghostbusters uh, is a comic book published by IDW. Continue your uh, story. I did read a. Uh, I did uh, as a kid. I had a. Uh, yeah. Slimer comic that I really liked. I didn't know Slimer was named by the comic slash cartoon. Uh-huh. He was just he has no name. ghost or something. Uh, yeah. That was the thing of rewatching Called Onionhead. That, His name was Onion. Rewatching that movie, the thing I loved uh, about the Slimer effect was like that it was like a physical puppet mm-hmm. that was given a glow mm-hmm. as like a post effect. And so when it, in a way, that effect didn't age that poorly. It just mm-hmm. looked like... Oh, neat! It's like this thing that did exist, yeah. but had a, has a texture to it. Transparency is having gotten that much worse. I, I I just didn't realize how like how awesome Harold Ramis was, but not in an obvious way. Like mm-hmm. Egon really kind of steps back. Like yeah. of people who you pay attention to in the film, like it's it's Murray, then Aykroyd, then mm-hmm. Weaver, then maybe Egon Bar- uh, Moranis like steals every yeah. scene he's in. Like uh, he was so funny. That was another thing I noticed about Harold Ramis too—that he was 
he had a great eye for talent. I mean, mm-hmm. I, that that starts with Murray, but you watch all his films and like people who have bit parts in his movies mm-hmm. that would then go on to be hugely successful. It's very Apatow. Even up until he was making films that weren't great, mm-hmm. like Bedazzled. But in the film Bedazzled, he has like Toby Huss. Uh, uh, Toby. Harding! Yes. Yes. He, he, he has so many like good actors. And then I didn't even realize mm-hmm. like I knew I knew he was involved in Animal House and Caddyshack, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day. But I didn't know about vacation. I that he directed it, was, it or something? Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know about that. And that was the God, vacation whistle. But, uh, vacation's just so good. I love like fucking A right, he mm-hmm. owes us. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like uh we we shut out a mailer. What, what movie was that? Like va- your National Lampoon's Vacation. You better play a go-go song. God damn it. All right, but comic books. That, that's enough about Harold Ramis. I just wanted to share my Ramis thoughts that yeah, I And enough about them. the movie Vacation. Jesus. That's so loud. That's the sound effect they did on South Park whenever it was an April Fool's episode. <laughs> April <laughs> Fool's. Out now. Get it through later. Stick Wait, what's the, what sound is it? Uh, I'm really good at this. Well, should I should I get into the story, guys, about what I did last week? Uh, yeah, go yeah. For it. Okay, but uh, then I won't talk about any comics I read, except the comics I read as part of this trip. Mm. Uh, so because I read a lot, so I had a lot I wanted to talk about. Okay, and I didn't. So I'll maybe you should it. go first, then I can say it, say the story. You go first, but you we teased last week that you were off. I was in Burbank, California, to see a on game. assignment, seeing a game. Which was not Arkham Knight. I wish it was, mm-hmm. in retrospect, hey, if I knew that Arkham Knight was hanging over us. And there was, I was in the DC Entertainment offices in Burbank, California. There you go. And that's the tease. Beautiful downtown Burbank. All right. Brad Elston, what are you reading? Stop playing you, threes. You read a bunch of stuff. Well, I thought you were going to go into the whole well, you thing. We were doing a tease here. Oh, your your less important information can go out now. Uh, well, I thought is it, then we'd usually go through what the dumb shit we read. We're yes. stacking the show. Okay, I want to hear. Go through. Go for it. Well, okay. So since last time, <laughs> pardon me for being on topic. I'm very sorry. Mm-hmm. Was there an episode of Community or Newsroom we could talk about first? Mm-hmm. Look, last week's Community was. Pretty Why don't we great. do a preamble where you talk about the thing you came here to talk about? Okay. Before the show starts. Okay. Kind of like a cartoon before Casablanca. Okay. What about? <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, what does this one do? No, I shouldn't tease. That came out this week. Oh, this one's out already. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then. Um, no, so since the last one, I've... Ladies I, and gentlemen, Shrek 2. I kept reading Iron, uh, Iron Man, <laughs> Animal Man. Uh-huh. So I read past the whole Frankenstein thing, and it, it got better. Um, and it got over the Rot World story, and then it went into more of an intimate pulled back in of him dealing with this celebrity status that he has. Yeah. He's nominated for Best Actor, <laughs> like playing... A washed-up superhero, kind of how the series starts, where he's yeah. you know he's got this resurgence of popularity, but it's like right when his whole life like kind of no, goes. He had, he had written for McSweeney's, isn't that how the I book opens so, yeah. up? But like his life had gone to shit. Like his family's life is a wreck. He's just gone through a really awful storyline of like deal, you know, saving this alternate timeline from hell on earth, basically of, of zombies, mm-hmm. more or less roaming everything. Uh, and then now he's up for like best actor, and he's just like, and so the juxtaposition of those things works really well. Uh, but then, so then I was like, I'm going to keep reading. So I've read every issue that's out now of Animal Man. So I've read all the wow. way up to the current point. Animal Man, Forever Evil. Well, I think I, 
I don't remember there being a Forever Evil tie-in. Yet. Okay. Uh, at least not where I was. But so the problem where I'm at now is it. it it's oh, so somewhere in there, in the process of him trying to undo this timeline, I think somewhere in there he ends up in space, of course, uh-huh. on an asteroid or something. And that then, makes sense. And then someone who basically looks like the bird-ish Green Lantern. Oh, uh, uh, Tomare. Maybe with like the beak-ish yep. head. So, Ter- pterodactyl. Terror man, uh, not not like not that character, and not quite looking like that. But that's my mental image is that kind of thing. And he's like, I represent the red of space. Oh, and you're boy. like, okay. And he's mm. like, it's too important for you to be here. You know, I I'm gonna die. You got to take my place or whatever. And it's like, okay. But so then he's, he's like, he, he's like, no, you got to go. Let me save my family. So he goes to his family. You finish that story, and then that story ends with like he kind of gets his life back together. It looks like things are on on point, and then it pulls out, and it's kind of like that space dude looking down on him, like "Time's up." Then he's so, just gonna have space adventures. Now? So now that's what I'm wondering: is now what is the next issue, oh, next storyline like? Is he gonna get pulled into space and fight space things? Where that I'm like, "Jeez," where again, it, it's been fine. That's such a total reset. Like it, it's been fine, and who knows how they'll handle it? I don't know yet. But I have an entomology. Entomological question: Yeah, are aliens animals? I mean, they're can he absorb? Well, them? who knows if they're even carbon-based life? Can forms, he absorb the power of a Tralfabador? He does. He does actually absorb power of some of the things he fights on this asteroid. Huh. Are they edibles? It's technically, what's an edible? So. Is it art because you hang it on the wall? Is it a, uh... <laughs> if Important so, then, question. We'll be back. Right. <laughs> we'll be back with talk of the nation. <laughs> if so, then that hoverboard <laughs> is art. <laughs> Uh, but, you did both of those. I know. You punchlined it and you tagged it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting there from now on. Brett's a madman. Yeah. Um, Damn it! I, wow, I actually did push the wrong one. I see. That'll that be good. We, we throw it a break, ladies and gentlemen. This is Cape Crisis. We will be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep that in mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, be a great bookend for later. Uh, but then, so Animal Man, do read. That's okay. a, that's a, that's a do, do continue. Don't don't write it off. It got good. And Swamp Thing, Lou Reed. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought I was on a run. I, 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 got, I got it, got, I got, it got, got it, got it, got it. Lou that, Reed. That joke takes a walk on the wild side. <laughs> <laughs> this is all too much. Get at it. Uh, uh, but then I also I tried like to it. catch up with Batman Zero Year. Year Zero. Year Zero. So I read uh, the first couple issues of that. And I didn't I get caught bad. up. But it's, here it's very boring. Uh, it's very, very slow. Yeah, that's what I heard. But I mean, I don't know. I, I'm still only vaguely aware of like what is still actually canon and what isn't from the pre New Fifty Two, right? And then how it jumped ahead five years, but this is filling in the five years. So what? Explain that to me. I, I I'm sure Henry's explained it on this show too. I, I, we a, have never talked about Year Zero. In a well, I believe the situation with Year, year Zero is just. Further complicated by just the Batman stuff is they, when they were restarting, Grant Morrison had enough power to say, like, no, you don't get a full reboot. My mm-hmm. story, I want to finish the story I've been working on for is the last seven years. The Gotham Inc.? Or? Uh, yeah, Batman Inc. Batman and Inc. just the entire, the thing that started with the creation of Damian Wayne up mm-hmm. to his death. So, technically, old Batman stuff still happened. So, he still had five Robins in the span of six years of being Batman. And so wow. now they're having to do 
now that Morrison is off of Batman, they are a little freer. And they can just go like, okay, Snyder, what you want with Batman counts the most. And so he's now getting to do basically the stuff before year one. Or like him building himself into year one. Mega year one. But year one technically didn't happen. Like yeah. that isn't That's the situation not part of anymore. Yeah. It's not continuity anymore. And it's, when did year zero start? I, I totally missed out on Like this. right after uh, there was Death of the Family. Yeah. And then a couple issues of cleanup of the death of Damian Wayne. Mm-hmm. And then right into year zero. Like, after that almost child, child was beaten to death on the page. <laughs> well, he got stabbed. He was beaten to death. I, uh, yeah, that's right. But so year God. zero. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it is a flashback, so it doesn't count. Or it doesn't matter as much. It's a flashback, right? <sighs> Um, it sort of makes it extra canon. I guess so. And then I also tried to get caught up with Daredevil because since it's now a new number one, or you know, coming in back South Sa- in San Francisco. Yeah, so Is I, it really? I don't know that. Yeah, well, it, I it feel came, like I've mentioned this. Yeah, he comes back to San Fran. So, and I also made the mistake of like with just two issues or three issues left of the old Wade series, mm-hmm. I was like, well, I want to read this first Infinite comic. <laughs> and then, that's the yeah but it's the bridge it's that's the bridge the, yeah. and it's spoiled basically how that ends to me and i'm like oh that's an amazing amount of things that happen in two or three issues uh yeah i get the f- i i hate when it feels rushed if they're like they had like this 36 issue plan then in issue 30 they get told no you're canceled like end these stories right now and then so then you just have one character in like three panels say so you know, I lost my job, and then I then I uh, then I almost killed myself. Then I met my mom, and then I got a new job, and I work for Shield now. Yeah. See ya. It's just yeah, weird things like that. So I was trying to get caught up, but then I also read the Angela appearance in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I'm reading that now. Which is yeah, it was almost up. It's to that. weird. It's pretty weird. It's weird that the Watcher goes like he knows about her. Yeah, like he basically just says, "Hey, she's from Image. She's not supposed yeah. to be here. <laughs> Image characters aren't here." <laughs> And but yeah, and then but then her memories of heaven and stuff. Eh. I that's I totally forgot that point. Like when she yeah. starts fighting them, like wait a minute, because like I still hold this, the first like twenty five issues of Spawn kind of close. Uh-huh. It's, it's that, she wasn't in that much, not a Spawn, lot, right? not a whole lot, but like she was in it, and that's still when it was a f- relatively focused. But it was, she was in a handful of issues, yeah. and that all occurred in the beginning. Yeah, it was pretty early, Mostly, but but yeah. it was like she's an angel, mm-hmm. a, like a warrior angel. She has a lot of ribbons, tassels. a lot of ribbons, mm-hmm. and then you get. I think did she give Redeemer his powers? I think so. I don't know, but so there was a lot of cool stuff in the first. You could probably go up to like thirty-five issues of Spawn. I, I still think it was pretty. I haven't read it in forever, but mm-hmm. like when I think about it, introduces all these characters that have persisted to this day. It was very much a. A great product launch mm. and a great character in a franchise launch. I don't care about Spawn at all anymore, <laughs> but I do remember that area fondly. Um, it is weird. So, I, but yeah, how that whole like heaven and hell thing? Do you even bring that into this version of the character? Yeah. Because it, those character like there's no male Bolgia and well, maybe she doesn't have that internet connection in this universe. Well, that's yeah. the weird thing is that she is her character, but she gets to be there because of a lawsuit. Like <laughs> because Neil Gaiman won a lawsuit to be like oh that. That he gets the rights to the Spawn characters he created in his story, which includes Angela. Mm-hmm. Is it just Angela? Or the uh, uh, well, oh, and also Medieval Spawn. The mm. Technically, like he... Well, Medieval Spawn, I don't think it just show up in Marvel because it's still Spawn. You show up in Soul Calibur. But that, uh, that Todd McFarlane can't use Medieval Spawn either. Mm. They have God. to come to an agreement. Wow. 
So yeah, well, that just shows you how much when Neil Gaiman wrote one issue, mm-hmm. he created all this fucking backstory that yeah. like Todd McFarlane just would like embrace. He's like, oh yeah, all this stuff. There was yeah. always there was. Tons and Medieval of Spawn, Spawn is part time. of that like early. First yeah, it was one issues. of the first toys. It's like mm. number 14 or 7 or I something. I had the Medieval Spawn toy. Oh, yeah. I, for a while, I had almost every single... Wow. When it was Todd toys, and then when it became McFarlane. Like, there was oh, a yeah, point Todd where toys. I had... You were all Todd toys? The first two waves were Todd yeah. toys. But knowing what you do now about the business, how did that guy have the balls of like, yeah, this comic's pretty successful. Toy company. That's mm. what I do now. How was a gutsy move. Well, everybody was doing it. Then, like they were really? the hottest thing around. Yeah, they were getting signed to do deals for cartoons. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like uh, Youngblood had, co- had toys first, but they mm. were garbage. <laughs> they were total yeah, shit. Yeah, I had some of those. And like Todd, and the Wildcats toys. Yeah, the Wildcat toys were all right. They, I think they were made by the same company who does. They were the, playmates. Yeah, they were playmates. Yeah, and McFarlane was like the second but, person to make Simpsons. But McFarlane was figure. McFarlane was smart, going like, "No, I'll make my own toys. Mm-hmm. These toys suck. Yeah. Uh, I'll just get into business for myself." It was fascinating it, when I worked at Suncoast Video. <laughs> McFarlane toys were about a third of the product wow. in the store at that yeah. point. No, by, especially by the mid two thousand or early two thousands, it was mm-hmm. like it was, it was like. McFarlane toys branched out to where, like, here's the NBA line, here's the, the Simpsons. Simpsons. Simpsons, like, it was just everything. They were huge. They yeah. were huge. It's, it's, uh, they, and they were definitely better than the action figures Marvel was putting out for a while. But then, Tanner. even though they Mattel. were, owned, even though they were owned by Toy Biz, like, they were owned by a toy company, and yet they still had less good. Their toys well, weren't as could, good as Spawn. At, at, at a certain point, though, the Spawn figures yeah. gra- made that graduation from these aren't even articulated in a useful way anymore. These yeah. are just these are just statues with like these are like sea level statue busts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like Spawn Three has a ridiculous cape. Yeah, they weren't then, toys. And like then yeah, they. and I and I kept buying I kept buying Spawn toys way past my point of caring. But it was just mm-hmm. that character and that cape in a cool pose is really mm-hmm. neat. And I held on to some spawn shit for a really long time. So you know what I didn't like about the Angela appearance in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was that I feel like they jobbed out Gamora too A easily. little, yeah. I was like, no, Gamora is supposed to be the, like, I believe her catchphrase is the most dangerous woman in the universe. Yeah. So, but then a wrestling reference to a Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy member? They, they treat, uh, a lot of times, the way they treat like a new character. Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, they have, when a new character shows up, they have them beat some old character to show mm-hmm. how powerful they are. So she, and in this case, she's it, had, Ric Flair. it had to be, yeah, uh, Gamora had to be Ric Flair in this situation, and, and Angela was the new character. And like Glacier? Maybe Glacier. Maybe <laughs> Mortis? Maybe. Safety Tortoise? I'll back away from the mic. Whoa. It's too much. All right. I'm too much. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe that's, and I finished Superman for all seasons. Pretty good, right? It was good. Yeah. I kind of started... <clears throat> Because I didn't read it all. End great. Yeah, the ending I was kind of like okay, but it was well, actually like issue four ends okay, but issue three I felt like was kind of a that's the one where like the woman who has like a weird obsession with Superman like gets powers from Lex Luthor or something. I can't remember exactly. I just remember there's this awesome scene. My favorite scene in that book is when. A kid is like, wow, that's a cool costume, Superman. He's like, thanks, my mom made it for me. <laughs> I don't know. It was a neat scene. I like I like when Superman isn't trying to be cool. Yeah, that's uh, part of the appeal is when he comes off as profoundly uncool. Yeah. I read and that's mo- what's cool. I read more American Vampire mm. and started to read, but am too drunk to remember, Fantastic Four number one. <laughs> Which one? 
fraction? No, they just rebooted that new one. one. And you you told me that, and I just saw that. I'm tired of Fantastic Four reboots. I really well look, but Wolverine the X Men was just has been rebooted as of today. Yep. Yep. As of this recording, it seems uh, like super depressing. That was my, one of my favorite things. New team of the modern era. A new creative team means new number one. You I can't know, just have like, like, oh, it's a new creative team on with issue twenty three. Nope, got to be a new number one now. It's I, I do like that. She Hulk has a number one, and so does Magneto. Yeah, and oh man, what I read this week, hmm. they finally did a mega collection of the first half of Dan Slott's run on She Hulk. Oh, they did? It's finally like something oh, you can get nice. again. It's oh, really that's good. good. That's definitely good. That, first, is, that is a Dubai. I mean, it's on Comixology right now. I love it so much because it is all about continuity. It is like continuity porn. <laughs> and then and it still has one of my favorite scenes ever where they, they go into a comic store. Mm-hmm. And there are comic oh, nerds yeah. there who's like, hey, man, your continuity sucks in that yeah. book. Hey, remember with the Soul Gems? They, you said it comes from the Eternals and... And it doesn't, you know, it's not where it comes from. And then she says, well, Adam Warlock told me they do. that's where it comes from. And he'd kind of know this stuff. <laughs> and uh, he just, used, I like that, like, Slot is a bigger continuity buff than most, con- than the people who bitch about his mm-hmm. comics. So he can just pull out stuff like, no, wait, no, that that's not true. I read that issue. Uh, and then She-Hulk number two is out today, yes. actually, also. So I started reading it, but then had to leave to work. So I see. It's good, though. You're reading on the job? No, I had to go to work. I was trying to read in the morning. It is hard to read. I once tried to read comics at my desk, uh, or on, like, I opened up Comicology at my desk. It's hard to alt-tab There's out of no, this, Yeah, people are like, oh, yeah, once one person came by, like, so, reading a comic, huh? It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that, that's a big pile of shut up, because, like, every time, like, randomly walk yeah. by people's desk, you're on Facebook, For you're work. on Tumblr. Yeah, it's work. Yeah, it's my, research. Yeah. You can at least pretend um, you, don't, you don't have that with a comic, though. Right, but let's be real. Um, it's because also, Wolverine, Wolverine's arc is so similar to Strider's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you were reading uh, or reading up on Forever Evil, apparently something. Oh, Got yeah. the internet up in uh, arms. Yeah, I think I'm on Forever Evil. Spoilers for Forever Evil number six. But uh, people have been saying for a while that Dick Grayson is going to die at the end of this thing. He's mm-hmm. already been unmasked. He's mm-hmm. been basically like captured the it entire... to be kind of sacrificed. Forever. But that's the thing. Mm. The, the cliffhanger at the end of this issue is he has a bomb strapped to his heart that if his heart stops, <laughs> then the bomb won't blow up. Batman's mm-hmm. like, oh no, I can't figure this out. And this, this is the thing I've liked most about Forever Evil is that the, the core... The core conflict in it is Batman and Lex Luthor having to work together. Mm-hmm. And like those are two cool char- characters that it's interesting to see them bounce off each other. But so Batman Forever Evil is its own comic, right? It is a, it's just the big crossover. Yeah. But it has its own number 1, 2, 3. Yeah, it's a, it's a seven issue story. Okay, got it. And now in issue 6, I'll probably check this out then. In issue 6, uh like Batman apparently can't find out a way to do it and so then uh, Lex Luthor suffocates Dick and kills him and stops his heart. And Batman starts beating him up and then Lex Luthor says something like, it's not too late, you idiot. And so, obviously, they're going to restart Nightwing's heart. They're going to just remove the bomb from him, restart his heart. It's exactly what's going to happen. As, as I've said before, if a character dies in issue six of a mega storyline, yeah. <laughs> yeah. issue seven is their rebirth. Why... Look, I know 
it's the answer. The, the answer to this is because they didn't write it in this way. But wouldn't Batman have thought of that plan? Yeah. Hey, Dick. Okay, I'm an expert in resuscitation. I'm gonna stop your heart, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna bring you back. Cool. Thanks, Dad. Like, <laughs> thanks, Dad. he's under Batman is is under more pressure than he's ever been. He's not thinking straight. He's why is he under more pressure? Nah. Working with Lex Luthor. Well, more, he's more, having to the, the more pressure than when Joker cut off his face and Grant Morrison just left him. <laughs> the Justice League is is de- is all. He's the only Justice League mm-hmm. member free. He's having to team up with a bunch of bad guys. I don't know. Okay. Well, I do want to read it because that's interesting. It's Batman. Not Batman a Batman and Luther, and then, like I said, I'm always interested. What is the damn thing with Superman and Joker that you keep mentioning? I'll ask you off. The Adventures of Superman. Oh, it's digital only. I uh, know. I keep forgetting. Darn it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, yeah. Well, so I had actually I had read Forever Evil number five last week, mm-hmm. and, it, and it was kind of interesting. Though it's also one where, like, oh, this is this is one seventh of your major crossover and not a lot of stuff happens in it. Like, that it was just... Well, it can't be worse than Marvel's. Oh, definitely not. No. I'd say more stuff happens in in that issue than in any issue of Ultron, Age of Ultron. But, um... So, like, it starts off with just the Batman is teamed up with a bunch of villains to fight other villains. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and Lex... And Batman thinks he's leading the team, but it's actually Lex leading the team. And, uh, and Catwoman's on their team too and like they at the end of the fight like they've murdered two of the villains and Batman goes like if I'm leading <laughs> Batman says if I'm leading this team we don't kill and then Catwoman says like Bat you're not Maybe relax here. Ooh, trouble like, in paradise up next. And it was just nice that like Batman is always written as the alpha. Up next, the, <laughs> trouble in paradise. Strong Bat- sexual content. Batman <laughs> and Catwoman get it on. The answer in five. Batman has always been written as the alpha in all these things. Like he never takes shit from anybody. Oh, so what? For the so angry team. here's one situation where he's just like, oh, I actually have to, I have to deal. With a situation I don't like, like they, I have no other option. I have to work with these murdering supervillains because otherwise, there's no way to save Dick Grayson. That's and that's interesting. That was for Dick Grayson. That could not have been his cue. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus, it's more of a Dick flighty Grayson. adventure. So I don't know. It's nice, and it has an it has a couple of neat character moments where like uh, Deathstroke gets the better of Luther. Luther's in his green power armor. And then God, that armor is pretty Death, ridiculous. Deathstroke points a gun at his head and he says, "Like you wear all that armor and you leave your head unprotected." Yeah, you know what? I think it's just because you couldn't stand the uh, the stand the thought of people not knowing it's you. Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's an interesting." And that's definitely a very Jeff Johns type on line. the store shelves. <laughs> well, even that cover of Batman Superman from like ten years ago, mm-hmm. the one that the movie was based on, yeah. recently the animated movie, where that cover that's like. Luthor in the armor flying with Batman and Superman in each arm and it's like your head is exposed it's, dude it's, like, it's very clear to me what armor you're talking about and I've, I don't think I've ever read an issue it was with a that superpowers toy like yeah. that was yeah, the, that was the yeah. Luthor toy I had yeah. as a kid me too I, yeah me too mm-hmm. that he had the separate like chess piece you could put but over I, him I've never read any <laughs> superpowers isn't a great comic mm. but I mean they just did it because I believe they did superpowers because DC published the He-Man books and they saw where all this He-Man Oops. money was coming. Oops, that was my elbow. Uh, deal with metal. But yeah, I, I've been thinking a lot about DC lately, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I went to DC Entertainment's office oh. 
in Burbank, California. Can we hear about that when we get back from the break? Maybe. Uh, maybe I was teasing that to see if you would tell me if the <laughs> if this feels like the episode has gone a little long. So when we get back from the break, details about DC Entertainment, talking about Arkham Knight, and your answers to last week's week's question of the week. Hey everybody, welcome to the break of Laser Time's best podcast ever, Cape Crisis, uh, the comic book podcast that we all know you love because you're listening, but if you'd like to show more love for Cape Crisis, there's a lot of ways you can do that at lasertimepodcast.com. When you're on that site, on the internet, on the left side, there's a link to PayPal. There's a link to a t-shirt store. You can give money that way. You can buy a t-shirt. A little money comes our way. On the right side of the screen, there are links to Amazon. You can go to there and buy the things we're suggesting or just buy anything on Amazon. A little bit of money comes our way either way. Or I think somewhere there's a link to our Bandcamp site. You can buy some things off that, like commentary tracks for the first five episodes of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Also, if you're listening to this on iTunes, be sure to give us a review if you haven't yet. I really, 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 really appreciate reviews. I hadn't seen a lot in a while. So come on, guys, please. And lastly, now it's time for the Hank's Corner pick of the week. I brought it up earlier, and I definitely agree with it. Buy the She-Hulk uh, Omnibus or Ultimate Collection, whichever they're calling it, the Dan Slot run on She-Hulk. It is so funny, so smart. I love that book so much. If you like him on Superior Spider-Man, you will really like this too. Give it a look. Uh, it, you can find a link to that to buy it on Amazon through Laser Time at the page for this week's episode. And now back to the rest of the show. Previously on X-Men. Welcome back, guys. Jesus. Welcome back. Sweat throw! (laughs) What Uh, is that? It's the... Maximum Spider! (laughs) Wow. You got a black belt and stupid if you think you're going to beat me. And, and other cartoon guys that <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man game. Pardon moi. Does sound like uh, Ultimate Spider-Man character. From the Spider show. Sting. Not NPH. No, 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 no. I no, let no. everyone down. I yeah, guys. Well, first I want to talk about Arkham Knight. Have you seen this? Have you, have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? is tingling. So Batman's in another game, and he's so, got a, he's got a car. This, you he's see this car. trailer? You see this trailer? <laughs> he's got. A, he's called the Batmobile. Very original. Where can <laughs> I get a car like that? I'll be at the Catskills every Monday night. <laughs> the Arkham Knight looked kind of cool mm. because number one, I I love how Rocksteady is just saying like it's the end of the trilogy, mm-hmm. and then people say like, what about Arkham Origins? It's the end of the trilogy. Like this is like, but it still it, takes place after. Origins. It takes place after. It's the first. No, well, no. Origins was a prequel. It yes. is first in the Arkham timeline. Mm-hmm. This is the final game in the Arkham timeline. They say good. Like is, what, I, what I like least, what I wanted least from an Arkham game mm-hmm. is Arkham. Yeah, I don't want anything to it's do with Gotham Arkham anymore. I want but, Gotham. But there is a giant excuse at the start of the game where oh no, uh, 
the, the scarecrow has said, like, I'm going to release a giant fear toxin, evacuate the city. And then uh, apparently Gordon later in the game goes like, well, there's only criminals and cr- and worse left in the city. So there, it's regular Gotham, but no regular people. Yeah, whenever it was like, evacuate the city. Okay, fine. It's like mm. the same. The well, same in Arkham Origins. They're just like, oh, the snow. It's too much snow. Regular people aren't leaving. But all you got to fight in either Orkham game is is hungry villains uh, in Joker masks. Uh, or guys in jail. You just beat part. people who are already in jail. Yeah, you beat like, the shit out a, of them. It would be cool. It is already the ultimate Batman sim. Mm-hmm. So why can't I nab a purse snatcher? Yeah. Or stop nice. a break-in. Because then you'd have to have all these civilians walking around. If civilians Perhaps. that Batman shouldn't punch and never should punch, but could But they've punch. already established, like, uh, oh no, that woman was didn't make the evacuation. Like, there's plenty of fucking outs for that. No, shit. there will be. There I want to do, do, like, I kind of wanted to do low-level Batman things. Mm-hmm. Instead, it, but, Origins, like, I finished Origins and almost 100%ed it kind of, I'll, wow. just, I'll say almost boredom, but, like, uh-huh. it was just, like, I felt like playing it and whatever. But there's enough stuff, like, you do a lot of detective stuff in mm-hmm. it, and it's mm-hmm. it's definitely something that I think if they take anything from that to put in the next one. The rewind one, stuff is cool. It was it just, it was working a crime scene. And it was a very bird's-eye view of working a crime scene, but it mm-hmm. was, like, this is more detective-y I stuff. I like that. I, I like Arkham Asylum better than City, because it is me solving one big thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I get that. But then there's, but... there's that, and I don't know, there's, you start doing, like, you start busting up, like, weapon runners, mm-hmm. and I don't know, there's, the post-game is a lot of, you would, kind of bore. you would call it busy work and mundane mm-hmm. things, but it's like, this is kind of what Batman does. It is what yeah. he does. He just flies around, like, listens for, like, we almost got these guns out, oh my god, and then that's, yeah. then you beat the crap out I of it. I like when you would fight, I liked the hunt for Lady Shiva, and also for, uh... For anarchy's, oh, uh, anarchy stuff was fun. That was fun. There wasn't enough of that. When once I did all the fun things of that, then I was like, "What I got left? Oh boy, the penguins, goons, and their guns. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah." But uh, but yeah, this one they say it's five times bigger than Arkham City. Oof. That uh, you got driving in in your yeah. basically indestructible Batmobile. That also that like. You can seamlessly jump between a Batmobile and then out of it. Like mm-hmm. the the Batmobile just has an ejection seat, so it's like I just want to glide again, Foosh! into the air. Glide. I did. I did like for longtime fans of me <laughs> <laughs> that the Batmobile's entrance or exit from the Batcave was very reminiscent of the plane in Metal Wolf Chaos. <laughs> oh yeah, a pool wow. opening. So not no, not driving through a waterfall. Well, the car Adam jumps West. out of the pool. Yeah, it, ju- right. it jumps out of the pool. I am right. What was that? You're right. But it was the. Um... Did we ever? What is that? We said we're sorry. Are we never going to learn what this is? We hate Jameson. <laughs> I found a well, venom. venom. I, I found a venom. Jameson falls prey to the evil of Spider Man. But from what? Uh, sounds like the cartoon. Carnage. Okay. Galactus, the mighty Thor, <laughs> Spider-Man, the Submariner, <laughs> Venom, Spider-Wars, spider If any of you tight-wearing freaks out there want to say <laughs> the wrestler? fashion model, then bring it Bring it to SummerSlam! Alright, but the other cool thing, I... You can't. Friday at the Thunderdome. <laughs> Here's the other thing I really like about Arkham Knight is uh-huh. 
that Kevin Conroy is back as That's good. Batman. That's good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. Oh, I, I, somebody asked me that on Twitter, and I remember a year ago Kevin Conroy saying, like, yep, "Yeah, I'm recording Batman dialogue." <laughs> yeah, it was so fun. As we said back then. Because when the game got announced, when Arkham Origins got announced, I was like, well, is that Kevin Conroy or not? I can't tell. And then somebody just asked Kevin Conroy at a panel, like, so are you in the Arkham game? He's like, oh, yeah, I just recorded a new Arkham game. Yeah. And, but then then we found out that it was Roger Craig Smith and not Kevin Conroy. Like, oh, shit. But I, what I like about it is, too, that uh, and you guys won't be... <laughs> you guys should not say anything to the statement I'm about to make. Uh, but... It just feels like Rocksteady is able to not have to listen to bullshit that was that got handed to uh, Warner Montreal that they had to listen to. Yeah. Like Rocksteady is very clear, like no, no multiplayer. We're not. Wait- it's it's unneeded. We don't need multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And two, that they they got Kevin Conroy because he's the right man for the part. He isn't a cheap. Well, he's not one of the regular voice acting troupe who probably is a lot more affordable for a game budget. And so that's. I'm just glad that they aren't. They aren't holding back for this release. Yeah, that's what's nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll definitely play it. The um, multiplayer in Arkham Origins wasn't bad. It was fine. I forgot it even. But had who even? If I load it up right now, it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was. Yeah, I yeah, I hate when you see that in games where it just feels it's not even bad multiplayer, but it definitely exists because of like a mandate, not because not because someone wanted to make it's it. It's a box to check. So you yeah. don't lose to Call of Duty every year. I've, but I've got to hear what this one is. All right. Are we going to surf the web? <laughs> <laughs> this game obviously yeah, came yeah. out in 1998. You're in the doghouse now, dude. <laughs> did, he throw a, did he throw a doghouse at somebody? Oh, just the, This is Venom. Well, He's I'll out. be dipping dots damn. Can you get us Captain America's autograph? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Now I think I know where it's from. That must be maybe that's from NeverSoft Spider-Man game. Oh, maybe it seems very jokey in the way. Never. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Come out and play. (laughs) Oh boy. But guys, let's get to the main event. I'm Barry White Venom. (laughs) The main event is. I went. I'm done. I'm done. I can't get enough of your love. Yeah. Yeah. Henry, please. I went to beautiful downtown Burbank, Burbank. as they as they said, on uh, laughing beautiful downtown Burbank, <laughs> and uh, to the DC Entertainment offices, which I had to explain to many people who were going there with me that this is not where they make the comic books; that's in New York. Mm-hmm. That this is where they make everything else. Though I did find out that that's not totally true. Mm-hmm. The DC Digital Comics are oh, overseen wow. there. That is kind of funny that. This is the one time on Earth where you'd be like, oh, this is where they make the games and the movies. I wanted to go where they made the comic books. Yeah. And everyone else in the world would be like, they make the comic books here? I guess. Where well, do they make the movies? Well, what interests me more about it, too, is just to be in their office, to be like, there are 70 years of history around me. This is where all these all these DC Comics decisions were made right in this office. and Even that stuff was not in New York? Ne- no, it was in New York. That, that's what I'm saying. If I was in New York... Oh, I see. Okay. If I was in their New York office, I'd have been very excited. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. This is where they casted Steel. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was a cool office. I, I don't want to slag it off. So I was there to see Infinite Crisis, which is the uh, 
League of, of Cape Crisis. The, yeah, <laughs> the League of Legends style DC the game. The sequel to Dino Crisis. Which I uh, I never really played a mobile before, but it's it's cool. You know, uh, I liked playing as uh, I played as Green Lantern regular, and then I played as Mecha Superman. And he was all right, but I I needed heavy coaching to even do okay. But um, but that was just the beginning of it, really. I got to. I, I, I'm not a huge MOBA player, uh-huh. but I do love the idea of the League of Legends formula going to license establishments mm-hmm. with at least a hundred recognizable pieces of IP. Yeah, that seems really neat. No, it's great, and all the different iterations yeah. upon that. Like it was normally in, a, in almost any other kind of game. Like, well, we couldn't make that many characters. <laughs> I was really annoyed. I, no, I was a little annoyed. I wanted to play Superman in one of the rounds, regular Superman. But the both of the rounds, the guy who was the this one guy was just like, I'm Superman. And he made his like temp name General Zod, and he came. <laughs> but also, he did this thing that Jeremy Piven in Ice in PCU would have really hated, which Ooh. is he wore, wore sh- an Infinite Crisis shirt to the event. Oh boy! <laughs> I was like. Come he on, wore buddy. a shirt of the unreleased game to the event? Because uh, previously, a, 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 a promotional shirt he'd gotten already before. Just so you know, I've you've talked to me before. Yeah. I'm pretty I was like, in the know. Yeah, okay. I, anyway. What shirt did you wear? Uh, I wore a nice shirt. I just wore like a yellow shirt to it. No picture on it. I was this close to wearing a Spider-Man shirt there. I really wanted to. I, I was like... No, that'd be unprofessional. This is my job. I, I think wanna... they would have respected you. When you fix this damn door. Like a crip walking on the blood's turf <laughs> in order to make peace. Uh, they, so I did get to walk around their offices, though, and it was, seemed really cool. They had all these toys, like tons of toys at their desks. But I did. I was looking. I was like, any Marvel toys anywhere? Like, I bet it is Ooh. very frowned upon to have Marvel toys at your desk I there. I think you call that dog fooding. <laughs> Dog fooding? Yeah, it's when like you're kind of forced through your job to consume your own product. Oh yeah, well, and that that was something. Out the, some of the coolest desks I saw, mm-hmm. like, wow, look at those awesome toys, and they even got a couple busts. I'm like, oh, they work on the toy. These are the guys who work on the toy line. These are all this probably is free. Be up like three years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the licensing area of Capcom, which is only like you know five people can't desks, even show it on camera. But it's like, oh wow, that's a lot of very expensive statues. Like, mm-hmm. whose desk? Oh, it's the licensing team. Yeah, and they're here because they're samples. And- it just doesn't feel as earned. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it was cool. I got to see that. I got to. Uh, we we had this. They have a really neat like opening meeting area that's uh, meant to look. Reminiscent of the Fortress of Solitude, which I really liked. It was this cool, like, circular area. They had a Batman arcade game I didn't even know existed. That's scary. Like a recent one that's like a Batman oh, racing game. Like what, the same people who probably made, like, Terminator Salvation. Raw Terror game. or whatever. The, yeah, this team. Are they called Raw Terror? Something like that. Wow. It's a team that's the, the one of the few developers that still makes arcade games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they took us around all these desks. And uh, we got to be in, like, the bullpen for the digital team, which was really cool, I thought. Uh, I mean, it was just people sitting at a computer and, like, half their job, most of their job is just to be like, hey, here's this week's comics. Put them into the digital machine and make them readable. Like, <laughs> hey, can you scan this? Can you make Whatever. this work? Well, there's, there's probably yeah. some asshole executive come by. It comes by and asks them to, ask them to fax it. Yeah. <laughs> well, idiot! They are more forward-thinking at a place that, like, it's the more 
it's the newer branch, so they're they're not they have more Hollywood types who work there. Got a bunch of uptight kids and not a bunch of old men with big glasses and sweaters <laughs> out there in the other. DC oh, and I office. did get to meet them. We got to meet their their top video. They got they got to meet their top game dude there, who's like who works with all the game. Oh, wow, works on every DC game to make sure everything's DC cool. I guess he's kind of like uh, what Chris Baker uh, with the Marvel games, mm. but. Um, and then I told him I thought it was really cool that he had uh, Funky Flashman from uh, <laughs> that they got to him in Scribblenauts. I think I really impressed that guy. <sighs> See, that was the thing. I was definitely the biggest nerd there, but there were other people who were trying to show off. And I was like, man, you would lose <sighs> to me so fast in a trivia contest. But I don't need it. I don't need You're to right. show off, man. All right? But yeah. I remember yeah. doing I showed off in a golden compass <laughs> oh god, <laughs> Sego in time. I'm so fucking cringing. Wow. How will your uh, Damon work and uh, can you be disconnected from what it up? <laughs> and that's what got you the appointment. Ugh. Hey, yeah. that guy said the name of the book. Kid, just give it a six and get out of the office. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I also got to see uh, Jeff John's office, though didn't get to meet him. He might not have even been there. Uh, it was like his West Coast office, but it's uh, my West Coast. But his office had uh, the coolest thing about his office was that they had art. They were like these big glass sliding doors with like painted murals for, of comic panels on them, and his was Captain Cold, which I thought was really awesome. Like, uh, yeah. like of course, Cap- Captain Cold is a very important character to him. Like he made Captain Cold awesome. Really? And, yeah, in the Flash books. Really? Remember? Yes. You no. read them, probably. The new, the and new, the new Flash? what? No, in like, like the cir- Flash of two mid two thousand, like circa Flash. number two hundred era. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like one eighty five was. One uh, I don't era. think I was reading yet, bro. Oh man, you missed out. Do you have a collection of that era? Yep, a Mega Omnibus. If you want to, I'll read it. Bring it. You should sell it to Brett for nothing. Uh, it's gonna hurt Just my to get back. Out of your house. Just bring it but to me. I, I'll read it. I like having those omnibus. Then I'm gonna lose it. Uh, it's a hard one to lose. It's about twenty pounds. <laughs> you may get really mad. Give and... me your omnibuses, Henry. And then I, will I that, and then I saw Jim Lee's office too, and he had so... his sliding door was uh, the the classic shot uh, from The Dark Knight Returns where Batman and Carrie Kelly Robin are like jumping together. Oh yeah, it's a cool. Show. It's really cool. And so yeah, it was it was a great office, and they also had like here's. Here's the costume Christian Bale wore in The Dark Knight. Wow. And then here's the Superman Man of Steel one. And and then uh, our bu- our buddy Bob Mackey was there with me. And then I just was like, I don't care where I am. I, and I just said, like, yeah, Man of Steel's fucking bullshit. I fucking hate that movie. Like, and, when and I went, uh, when I was there last August, I got a, a, a quick tour. And I remember mm-hmm. getting to go into, like, where they keep a lot of the Harry Potter stuff. Oh, man. That was kind of oh, That's really cool. Because it was the Warner got, lot area. Yeah, we we only got to see. We we, we were stuck with DC. But I I really liked it. I wish uh, I wish I got to see more or that, uh, that like, a comic. One of the creators had been there. That had been really neat. But... The people who worked there were very nice. They were super into DC, and it, it reminded me of what I really liked about DC. And last part of the trip, it mm-hmm. ended with uh, what was a part where I was just like, I, I did become a kid in a candy store where they just said, well, and here's a bunch of comics we don't want. Take them. Like, take however many you want. Oh. And it was just like hundreds of them. Not hundreds, a hundred. But mostly just like three copies each of their most recent books. Uh, uh, pretty much all of the new that, 52. That brings you up to over 100. And some collections. Mm-hmm. But I was like, as you see, I was already making fun of that guy who was came in wearing swag. And I was like, 
I don't want to go crazy with this free stuff. Mm-hmm. I I could I could grab all these books, but <laughs> I really shouldn't, just for my own self respect and for what people will think of me. But I did eventually. I relented and grabbed about twenty, just because. <laughs> just because a I sensible said, number, just over a baker's dozen. <laughs> just because I said to myself, we all worked at a publishing company too. Yeah, those magazines are nothing to us. Yeah, like those, yeah, it's our yeah. garbage. I'm not. Yeah, yeah so still throwing them. All out. I was taking was something that was worthless to them. It's like, true. It it's wasn't. True. It wasn't a bribe. They were just like, here's our garbage. Root through it if you I want. I remember. <laughs> I got. A, I got a kick out of that. It was like. Here, please take one of these things. And, and and a cool person would be like, "Oh, oh, awesome! I have a long flight," and would grab like six yeah. issues. I'm like, I'm, I, I am glad because mm-hmm. you do forget that sometimes that like this is not someone's day to day grind. Uh-huh. It's something they enjoy. No offense to what what we public like. No, not at, all. Public, not, not at all. Not stuff you want to read. But just, just when they can become physical issues, I'm even having to judge like things that I've written. I'm like, do I? Okay, let's go in and read read this thing yeah. to see if it's work my work is work no it isn't why it's do they publish part, this let's go yeah it's just part of your job and mm-hmm. so and that's how i think it is with them too they're just like yeah we get we get free we get a boxes of free comics every week and part of that just is it's probably them. part of their personal nightmare yeah should they have one it never mm-hmm. ends it never like ends. you would have a never-ending mm-hmm. pile of comics just dumped upon you every it's week the culmination of like eight months worth of work mm-hmm Something, oh yeah, that you had to work on for months, mm. months and months. But yeah, it was, I, I think I was also negative on the Man of Steel while I was there just because the costume was in my face. And then we got a free copy of Man of Steel DVD I want to when see we it left. Again. Blue, <laughs> DVD or, or Blu ray? DVD. Oh, throw it away. Yeah, throw it away. It's not worth it. Though I did get the. Fucking uh, feed it to the poor. <laughs> <laughs> Though I was also annoyed because the same guy who wore that Infinite Crisis shirt, mm-hmm. like we were, I thought I was like. Well, on the, on the drive there, I thought... The same guy that wore that shirt uh, later was the one who killed your uncle. <laughs> we went... That's how I knew it was him. Yeah. He was wearing a, a hoodie, but I saw that shirt. <laughs> now, um, I went to... Like, we were on the drive there, and oh, I was like, oh, this guy's into comics. Let's have a comic book talk. And then I was like, yeah, the Man of Steel sucked. It we completely betrayed what Superman is. Superman doesn't kill people. And then the guy's response was like, it was an awesome fight. That was really cool. I'd kill that guy. I was like, ugh, great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for this conversation. If Superman was me, he'd pre-order Call of Duty. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Ugh>, barf. <laughs> yeah, so that... But again, that... I, I still... I want to reserve final judgment on that till we see the next one. Because if the next movie is all about the world reacting to that and Superman, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, what, there's what, a... Maybe. What an age we live in where we I can know, judge a movie by uh, its sequel. Uh, no, well, that's the thing. Taken, taken only on the merits of its own movie. You're right. I, I think that situation's fine. Like, if you remove the bit. 75 yeah. years of continuity, the, I don't the version like of the ne- uh, if the version of that character in that movie is trying to be good, try, and this is an example of even the incorruptible, pure thing have to compromise at some point. Mm. Like, there's a thing in that, and I agree. It's like, why didn't they just fly straight up in the air? Yes, it's like, well, also, why don't we just cure the world by blowing no, the earth yeah, up Superman off its axis? Superman makes a like, mistake. Like, that. he's yeah. early in his career. I get that right. idea. I'm, I'm okay with all of that in, in theory. It's just, in and of itself, that movie, that part was fun. There's other things I don't really care for. Like, the just mass level destruction is a little ridiculous. But it's more about, does the next movie even address it? Do they mm. blow it off? Or does it, it, like, like deal, with, deal with it? For, for As Chris Sims put it, the dude 
when the villain of the movie says to you, you've got to kill me to stop me, and he's proven right, like, that's bad. You don't <laughs> prove your villain right at the end of the movie. Superman certainly shouldn't. I, I get it. I and get second, it. The like, okay, if Tony Lee is supposed to be like, oh, this is a tragedy. Superman, Superman had to resort to killing to stop this guy. It's so sad. Then the very next scene shouldn't be a fucking jokey shit where like uh, a an army woman goes like I think he's hot I'm like fuck that uh, that's, I agree. that's the I don't next know if scene. I said it on the show because it was slightly spoiler the comic I keep, I keep telling Brett about the digital Max Brooks not Max Brooks uh, mm. what's his name Max Landis yeah written Superman meeting the Joker and Joker's fucking with Superman and mm. it's a great he's like ah whatever you won't kill me he's like. I never said I wouldn't kill you. You're thinking of Batman. <laughs> Batman doesn't kill people. He has uh, a code. I don't have a code. I could kill you right now. I do like... Yeah, it's interesting. And, yeah, and I he, like he, it. And he doesn't. Superman doesn't have a code. He has killed in the uh, past. It's not like... What? Yes. Yes. In bad but comic in terms, in terms But of then just, that's the thing. Like, But that was a bad one. Like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, in it doesn't terms matter. of writing in general, what whatever you just quoted Sim saying... You'll have to do this or this. And they, that happens in every movie. You can mm. save this group of people or Gwen Stacy on the Brooklyn Bridge. And so, Spider-Man does both does in Spider-Man. Both because you're setting up audience expectations for him to do the unachievable. Uh, and the fact that, like, uh, I'll take the box. That's what Superman <laughs> said. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. But it's true. Like, if he is just as strong as Superman, but also a trained mm-hmm. Soldier, whereas mm-hmm. Clark Kent Kal-El was not a soldier. He just was like, you know, super powerful. Mm-hmm. He maybe had an edge that he was more familiar with his powers, but Zod was a soldier and mm-hmm. knew how to fight. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, if I fly out of the screen and get away from these people in this moment, he'll go find another person to try to kill. It's uh, like, this is a never ending. So bring it up like in that, yeah, in that one instance, why didn't he just like turn his head or fly away? It's like, well, yeah. Well, like, it also, they've already set up that Zod's not going to stop. Okay, yeah. At that, at that situation, Superman was not more powerful than him, That and Zod was quickly getting more powerful and more used to his powers, and he probably was just going to win, and then his stated goal is to kill everything on Earth. Yeah. Those stakes are, you know, it is more understandable that Superman would do it. But what I like in the comics is... They write Superman's like as a very a practical genius, like kind of like Ben Franklin. He's just like that. He has <laughs> now. I'm he, really listening. That he has ingenuity. He just thinks of like, oh, how can I use my powers in a novel way? I'll travel back in time by flying in a circle, and then I'll throw a pebble. <sighs> what a great like, example! <laughs> I'm just saying. I'll that, throw a pebble back in time. It'll go <laughs> into a boulder like a snowball in a Looney Tunes. Car. Look, these are stupid fixes, but they were him using his powers in interesting ways. So for him just to fix it with Bruce, Bruce Force just doesn't feel like Superman to me. I do wonder if, if the internet and the people like us existed when the original Superman came out. Have you watched the old Superman lately? I, as a kid, I complained very heavily about him turning back time. It's more that's it's stupid. It's more the final scene where he goes back to the truck stop to oh, beat Superman up the Oh, Superman 2, that's terrible. Yes. Terrible. So I imagine we'd be complaining about that right now. It is terrible. That. He shouldn't. Be. Superman went what? back to get vengeance. Yeah, on, Superman's on like, man, that humans. guy beat me up. Fuck that! <laughs> I could beat the shit out of him. Yeah, that's Superman's supposed to be the American. Sometimes people call him the American Jesus, and if he is, then he shouldn't get revenge on somebody. He should turn. Um, another this piece turned of, into the Man of Steel. I know. I know complain the thought again, and I didn't want that. To another happen. another piece of news uh, yeah. that they announced: the Netflix 
Marvel shows mm. are all filming in New York. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I believe Venom. We're shoving out to the whole big rotten apple here, people. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I love that because New York is central yeah, to it Marvel. It is, it is. You, you got to do it in New York. And it's I, it's sad to see fake New York the, in stuff. The last New York Comic Con, I went. I actually went to Hell's Kitchen during the day, which uh-huh. I've never yeah. been to during the day, and it does dawn on you that no one's ever filmed a fucking movie here. <laughs> like, maybe Sleepers. And that's it. Well, wasn't, the, wasn't some of the Daredevil movies shot in New York? I mean, it looks New Yorky. Sometimes some parts of it look like New York. A right. lot of other parts look like. Well, LA. It is, when I read new, yeah, da- new like modern Daredevil comics, like or mainly it's Punisher shit, Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, it's it's hell in a handbasket. And I, everywhere in Manhattan is pristine and beautiful and not scary. It's. Uh... It is. It really is now. It well, is not, uh, yeah, I, guess I went there in the in the early '90s. It was not the same. No, I know. I'm just saying. Like, and again, this is like when we went out, when we went out to like the village in the Bronx, mm-hmm. uh, or not Bronx, Brooklyn. The village is amazing. No, the village is like the hate practically. We went to Brooklyn. Brooklyn and that that yeah, definitely yeah. has like that old spray paint and trash everywhere. Well, I mean, I live in the, again. I live in the I live in the hate, so it's fine. But it's more like. It was just Times Square, and I just was still floored by the amount of garbage in the street. And I mean garbage in garbage bags. Yeah, no, like, that's, that's awful. That's, that's just something I, I don't understand. You're, you're the leader in so many areas, New York. <laughs> you are still asking people to dump out glad bags, at least garbage juice, into the hot sun it's in really a, a giant volume. And I, I, at the time, I was smoking, and I, don't, I shouldn't have a sense of smell. And like, this is bothering me. <laughs> what, I, what I loved about walking around New York, that it mm-hmm. did feel like, I'm in a Marvel comic book. Uh, yeah, I loved, yeah, yeah, I loved happens. being in New York. Like, New York mm-hmm. was great. It's just I was I, not used to, <laughs> one, San Francisco doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. L.A., Seattle, but also growing up. You don't up, have a mechanism? People can't even put something in a bin? But, like, growing up in the Midwest, where, like, everyone has huge, huge, huge yards, and everyone lives miles apart from each other, it's like, yeah, you put your trash on the corner, and that's fine, but you usually do, but an like, animal's going to get into in it. In a can. In a can. <laughs> in a can. In a can, uh, and something your garbage truck can pick up and turn over. Yeah. I don't understand. It's piles and piles. Yeah. And when you think of, like, garbage men, whenever I see garbage men, oh, do you mean the garbage driver? Because that guy doesn't leave his fucking car, ever. <laughs> no, like, this is like, again, back home, it still is like a dude on the back of a truck who runs out, grabs yes, yes. garbage bags, and throws them in. But it's like, there's 7,000 people living on this block. They're all putting garbage bags in the street. Singular and singular garbage bags, like, everywhere. It looks it looks awful. Uh, maybe there's a reason for this. That anyway, I'm, I'm just glad they're sorry. filming in New I'm York. Sorry. I'm sorry. Not a lot of stuff films in New York because it is stupid expensive to film there. Like most, mm-hmm. That's why they mm-hmm. fake it. And, like, they're filming in New York partially because New York is giving them a tax break. I think they're giving like, them a giant tax break. New it'll, York be, is, it'll be great. Yeah. Like, it'll, it'll add a lot to it. And, I definitely uh, think so. Especially these are, are street-level heroes. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. oh, God. I can't, I can't wait like to like a, When is that supposed to start happening? I, think like, I would give it two years. Now, I bet the first season of the first show will be next year. Well, when do Late they? Ca- I'm year. wondering when they cast is more mm. what I'm interested. Yeah, in. I bet this year. Mm. Oh, did you see they cast Young Bruce and Young Catwoman? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It Who's is just Catwoman? Smallville. It's just Smallville. Wait, I don't a know, question. It's a kid, they're kids in it. Doesn't mm. matter who casts. Wait, but uh, so wait. Touch a show I never. What saw. time period? Like it's Bruce. The first episode is Bruce Wayne's parents are murdered. Okay, and and a young police detective named. Gordon. Gordon Freeman is trying to figure out what happened. <laughs> okay, so and from there, if real the show's time, on the air for 10 if or 15 years. If you can do the 10 years <laughs> that Smallville did, well, it's also they could. They Small, could yeah, they could jump around time. Yeah, like, Smallville had kind of the idea of just like, we'll go in real time until we're canceled, and then the last episode we're like, five years later. Yeah, yeah. It, it's fine. 
I, I, I'm curious. That sounds like the only Smallville episode I should watch. The last one. You still don't even see him in costume. Are you serious? Nope. After ten fucking years. And you he landed him, in. He becomes a red blur. And he like flies around. People look at him. You see his cape. And from a distance, you see a fucking blur weird. that is sort of like him. But they clearly had a rule from DC that was like, Superman doesn't get to appear on your show. You do not get a full costume shot of this guy huh. as Superman. And you That's never crazy. do. You never do. It had to really piss them off when they make Superman Returns <laughs> and not a Smallville movie. Yeah, it should have just been a Smallville. When it's like, I, I would have taken either one. Movie, like, yeah. um, so they both probably would have made the same amount of money. If they make... So if Fox ends up making these Venom series, or mm. Sony, I should say. Right? Sony, yeah. They end up making the Venom movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's say they make you know a sequel to that, mm-hmm. or, or even a third one. Mm-hmm. And then you wait. Know, this reminds me. I have a movie thing to bring up. So just remind me. Okay. Going. So like eight years from now, when all those movies are out, mm-hmm. there's three Venom movies. Let's yeah. say. And then you go on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. And then you want on your ex on your PS5, uh-huh. and you want to watch a bunch of Venoms. Yes. You'd probably have what would that be? It's a long lead up to a sound. Five Venom. It'd be a Venom marathon, right? Venom marathon. The Venom marathon continues. <laughs> That's, that's all. I, re- I really thought you were leading up to something so super Ooh. important. Nope. It's showtime. Uh, <laughs> it will be. And then once those three Venom movies are out, then it'll be time to reboot Spider-Man again. Bummer. Hopefully at Marvel <laughs> Studios. Nope. I'm telling you, Sony. What is the one uh, until... franchise that Universal has? Namor. Uh, Namor. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Tell me you have Man-Thing but on yeah, there so we can it, talk about Lionsgate. Uh, if no. in, unless some legal action is taken, Sony will never let go of Spider-Man. It I think never. If what they're talking about is true, which the news that came out while you were out, Hank, I'm sure you heard it. I don't mean to say there's a black it. man in the Fantastic Four. Yeah, well, that is disgusting. But uh, it, it was more that like after this movie, they want to release a yearly Spider-Man movie. Uh, everything that's annual will. <laughs> will run its course very quickly and the public will yeah. get tired of it the property would be worth less to not only Sony but to the film going Marvel has such deep like mm-hmm. they have deep characters to deal with it's Spider-Man it. only has so many and I don't want to, it to take that long but uh, Marvel is in, an op- is in a position where they can wait it out they can wait it out yeah mm-hmm. it will come to Yeah, them. by the time they run their course with everything Avengers it's like maybe by then Sony oh. or Sony or Fox will give up and, and it's like okay now Marvel Studios gets to make the Rex I will movies. claim I know how this works but they didn't sign a lifetime fucking contract but at all it's one of those ones like if you keep making movies you get to make that is movies. not that is not how it works but they probably signed a very long term contract it was not a number of films thing though like I don't know. I'm just saying because Sony's it, making money off the merchandise, and that like yeah. that's the kind of thing that can't happen forever. If I bring out a superior Spider-Man action figure, Nin- Sony doesn't right. get money from that. But but Marvel made that deal when they were very desperate. They were mm-hmm. desperate to have a Spider-Man thing. A Spider-Man film just happened. Again, There's got to so be some those kind of, those kind a, of deals could be renegotiated. They could have made a really bad deal. That's the thing, though. At some point, mm-hmm. and again, maybe they'll somehow make all this work. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. which case. Fine. If they find a way to make a Spider-Man like saga work on film, great. I would rather that happen than watch Fox fuck or Sony fuck up for eight more years uh-huh. and whatever. Fox is worse. But what Fox is worse. But the thing is, like, at some point you have Marvel's lawyers, and more importantly, you have Disney's lawyers yep. who have been rewriting copyright law for <laughs> how long? Yeah, uh, since there was copyright law, <laughs> and the idea that one day they're going to be like. No, shut up. Give it back. Like, there's good. That day is gonna come. 
And it could just come to a point like if it takes them five years in lawsuits, they'll Marvel will win. They'll win eventually. eventually. And it's like so I don't think does anybody know what they gave Paramount? Paramount hadn't lost money in a Marvel picture. No, but I mean it was a Marvel Studios production. It was still That's Marvel's true. toys to take back. They true. Paramount was just putting them out. The distributor. But Speaking oh go ahead. Now I wanted to talk about the Fantastic Four thing real quick because you Do guys it. skipped over something. What's that? A lot of people get up in arms about an African-American being Johnny Storm, which I don't care it's about. It's wrong. It's un-American. I, I do think it would have been ballsier to make Reed, uh, cast yeah. Reed as a black man yes, instead. and then Because then you would have him dating a white woman in and Storm. And he'd be older than somebody I recognize. Yeah. It could have mm-hmm. been... Uh, oh, Jamie Foxx? Uh, no, no. No. It could have been... Tommy Davidson. A booty call <laughs> oh, reunion. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. No. It, w- it could have been... Um, shit. The, the main guy from Homicide. Uh, fuck. The, he's on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yafet Kodo. Anyway, I think it should be Yafet Kodo. Uh, was it the Mighty Thor? Yeah, that was. No. It was. Right. Um, but no. So, uh, the thing I was bothered by was that Jamie Bell, Jamie Bell, what? is the thing. I can. I, it makes me so mad. Look, mm-hmm. I love Billy Elliot. Mm-hmm. I. I think. Uh, I like think King Jamie, Kong. If, no, he, he was, learned so he many awful. life lessons from he that black the, captain. He was the soft man. In it King seems Kong. like every role with Jimmy and the captain in that movie should have been a webisode promotional material <laughs> that took place on the yeah. web and outside. Or it was the like movie. the first scene of a porn. Like they, were, <laughs> <laughs> like they seemed ready to fuck in most yes, scenes. DTF, like, both of them. Way to explain DTF to our friend. <laughs> but guys, but yeah, Jimmy Bell's like oh, Greg, he you, is a slight. He is a he is a slight British man. What mm-hmm. he is not is a night is a gruff nineteen thirties New Yorker Jew who goes like what's your guy like that he that he said I almost did like Hulk Hogan there, but I actually meant Inka Dinka Dude. Get away from him, Doctor Doom, dude. Yeah, that, but what you gonna do when thing runs wild? I don't know. Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell is quite an actor. And uh, uh, and if the thing is CG, that yeah, might be that's, another. That's what you're going story. For. But the thing it will will be the Hulk in every Hulk movie. But but seriously, Mo-cap. man, the thing like ugh. they can do it. They're trying to do it anti-chickless. Like it's clearly they're like, all right, what's the opposite of what? But we he was so good. Like he, was he uh, those two movies are awful. Chickless and Evans, but are Chickless great, and Evans were great as Torch and Thing. They really yeah. were. They were the only and, good. But thing. Ian Unpronounceable was not bad as Fantastic either. Yeah. He, said he had <laughs> shitty stuff to do. He was the boringest man he in was. the world. But, well, both there was nothing for either him or like uh, Susan Storm to what do. What are you talking about? She got to take her clothes off in multiple <sighs> scenes. Even. Uh, and yell at Reed for going to do his job on his it's wedding day. It's just a bad. Yeah, she's like, look, it's our wedding day. Who cares if Galactus is coming to eat the planet? This was our wedding. Oh, we planned so long. We hired Brian Poston to preside. <laughs> <laughs> He's expensive. Uh, and Surfer was good. I think he was handled well in the second. Good. You could see his dick in the trailer. Remember that? Yeah. Anyway. Go ahead. Sorry. Anyway, no, no, no. Uh, that was all I wanted to say. Speaking I, of, uh, I, wa- I, I have to click this one. I smell bad symbiote. Uh, okay. He smells a bad symbiote. Does that, does that mean him? You and your wife are innocent. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty esoteric That's, one to, to clip that out. Is weird. Oh. You're the bad guy this time. Would it be okay? Can we just maybe do this hacky thing of prank calling somebody with the venom soundboard? You're right. <laughs> All right, but uh, Fox, the the news that I thought was fascinating this week is that um, Fox, if you recall, sued Warner Brothers uh, about four or five years ago 
when the Watchmen movie was coming yes. out. Yes. Because uh, Fox had had the rights to the Watchmen movie initially and never oh, acted on it. I did read this, yes. And uh, somebody had interviewed Jill Silver and Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam, Terry Gilliam, Brett, is a f- uh, original member of Monty Python and a director of such movies as 12 Monkeys, Brazil, uh, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. <laughs> Jesus, that's one of I've seen 12 Monkeys. Um, the Adventures of Brothers Baron Munchausen. Grimm. Well, compared to like Brothers Grimm, the, mm-hmm. the, actually Munchausen's not a bad movie. Uh, Fisher King. Terry Gilliam is has been amazing. Like fucking amazing. He is a genius. He is a genius. I love him. And they had been working on one forever and he basically told everybody how he would have ended the movie. Which was ridiculous. Oh yeah, there was... Yeah, I well, Dan Ambrick told me about that. He told me about it like in 2008. Like we were at lunch in the old future build in the old third floor, wow. the future building, and Fourth we were talking. Floor. No, this is third floor. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. When they had a third floor, uh, that we uh, that we were eating lunch, we were talking about the Watchmen movie, and then Dan Amrick goes like, "Well, it'll be better than what they were." Terry Gilliam was going to do, and I was like, "What?" And he's like, he says. That they'll undo the timeline and they'll go to another universe where the Watchmen are just in a comic and then they'll see themselves in a comic and and they'll be like, what? We're real? And they'll be next to a kid reading their, their, their comic. And when Dan Emmerich said that, I was like, in the back of my head, I, I was like, <laughs> I respect you, Dan, but I am sure you read fan fiction online. That cannot, that has to be bullshit. No way would they end with something that stupid. Mm-hmm. That, and that they would think that that ending is preferable to a giant <laughs> fake alien that shows up. They're like, oh, a giant fake alien showing up. That's too confusing. It'll confuse the audience. What we need to do is teleport them into a world where they're in comic books. Like, uh, teleport them to a world where they never exist. Yes. And Doctor No, Doctor Manhattan, I think in the and that ending definitely never they make him never exist yeah. as a person. But that that is the ending. That the ending of Watchmen is they go back in time and the only way the Watchmen exist are in comic books. That was that was Terry Gilliam's ending. The, so, the movie's ending was just Doctor Manhattan took the place of the alien. Yeah, it was just the no, result it, was the same. It I'll was get, just the, the, yeah. and then Zack Snyder, director of the Watchmen we saw, said in no uncertain terms, "I only made this movie to save it from Terry Gilliam," yeah. <laughs> and I don't love his ending either. It's better. It's better. I don't like putting. Uh, I don't like putting Dr. Manhattan at fault for anything. Yeah. And their biggest problem of Hollywood, because you could have used that ending, and, it, mm. and you could have made it not insane, but if you kept like the comic book, the comic book didn't show what happened. They showed you the aftermath of what occurred. Yeah. You did not need to show alien, but no, they needed something to blow up, mm. so it had to be Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. That's what's shitty. You could have totally, totally had like, uh, flaming remnants of spaceships and giant squid monsters. Yeah, just the and it pe- would have looked fucking awesome and been a, like a really bold thing for a mainstream movie to do, and which that movie does and pulls it is a very bold few punches. Movie. It is and, an R-rated ninety million dollar movie. Like, I'd want to say right here, right now, anybody who doesn't like that movie is wrong. You, I did like it. I can. It's not bad. I can, it's it's grown on me now to like. Yeah. fuck, this is really cool. It, it's definitely a thing where like it's Zack Snyder reined in mm-hmm. and. It it tried. It mm-hmm. fucking really did try, mm-hmm. and that's admirable. Not a lot of people do that. That's uh, true. Yeah. All right. Well, so we have talked. Uh, Everybody's here. I will say also that I got uh, I got a Man of Steel DVD and 
the Flashpoint animated movie Whoa, on really? DVD. I'm going to give that a watch. But uh, well, let's watch pe- that together. People have talked that up. Eh, okay, sure. no, you don't want to come over here anymore. I know you. Uh, I guess if uh, if it's an assignment, I'll come over. Oh, <laughs> one it. month from now, Captain America's out, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh man, pretty yeah, close. Right. It's pretty, cl- pretty yeah. close. Pretty close. Uh, but we should move on to last week's yeah. last week's double question of the week. How do you feel about spoilers getting posted on the day a comic book is released? Mm. First up was Cody Stovall. Internet is a battlefield of information, so yeah, it's cool. If you don't want spoilers, it's called responsibility. Established sites are usually considered enough to warn of spoilers. With great spoilers. Also, Slot just accept just has to accept that some people just want key information and maybe don't want to read his he ha- book. He has a point. I know I went off on that, but it's, it should be very hard for you to come across spoilers if you don't want to. Yeah, if you're actively not looking for them. Unless you say, hey, don't spoil this for me, and then people directly tweet at you, at reply you, hey, here's, mm. a, tri- here's a spoiler. But, you know, that's just people. That's not a site. That's mm. not someone calling themselves a journalist. That's just a jerk. Mm. Uh, Super Giraffe wrote, it's a pain in the ass, but I usually avoid the sites that do that kind of thing anyway. Mm. Uh, I know that once it's out there, you run the risk of getting spoiled, mm. but I don't visit many comic forums, and the people I follow on Twitter, Twitter are nice enough not to post spoilers. I've, I've tried to be. And uh, a bus full of nuns says, if it's the day something goes on sale, then yeah. But after about two to three weeks, all bets are off. Sort of. If you really Especially cared that much about book. the story, yeah. you would have made more. When comic, story, when comic story lines are weekly with major, with major crossovers, like you should be able to talk about two issues past then. Uh, Bro Raicho says... Uh, as I basically only read comics and trade paperbacks, I don't really read any comic news on any websites. Ah, I'm proven wrong. And when you guys spoil things on the podcast that are still ongoing, I really don't care because I know that's my fault for not being up to date as I could be. And see, I, feel, I automatically feel bad. I do. I was definitely <laughs> formerly a trade person, and we would have spoiled. I would be spoiling everything for me. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, Awkward Loser says, the only time I really got burned by a day of spoilers was Captain America 25 when Cap got time-traveled or whatever, and even that wasn't that annoying, I guess. Spoiled for me, Awkward Loser. Thanks. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, man. You better not judge me, Awkward Loser. couple more we here. Uh, we got Midna Major. or No, Midna Majora. I, I, get, I get it. Uh... I don't mind comic news sites reporting spoilers as long as they market as such. Labia Princess. I detest Marvel <laughs> spoiling their big stories via news organizations mm-hmm. because those places don't have the decency to be careful of the spoilers, which is very true. They just have headline like, yeah. the human torch dies. Yeah, lately, that's why Marvel came over. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and lately the Marvel account on Twitter has been live tweeting Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as it airs on the East Coast. Fuck, really? Yeah. That's and why. Yeah. And I started replying, uh, replying to them. And I'm like, guys, the entire West Coast. I get that we're the ones behind and whatever, but like. There's nothing we can do about that's that. That's Seattle. That's L.A. That's uh, that's everything on I'm the West Coast. With nothing to do but watching Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah, and like, they're, 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 it's a constant stream of quotes plot points and guest stars and i'm like 
I will. Un- I'm just gonna have to unfollow this account because you don't stop doing it. And then they start retweeting all the actors who are watching along as well. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my favorite scene is when Deathlock. Blah. I'm like, fucking shut up. <laughs> I don't know this yet. That's what happens with WWE as well. Oh yeah. So yeah, there's that. Uh, Gur Snort has a funny one. It's a bit like the douche comic store employee that wants to look like a badass that has the insider scoop. Mm. If you know how to avoid them, you get away without any spoilers. The problem is that the internet has given the world's most annoying megaphone to this kind of guy. Yeah, those kind of people are in every industry everywhere. So Let's see here. They want to, they want to make sure you know they know. Poop Ghost writes, <laughs> Some spoilers, like Superior Ending before the movie comes out, I'm fine with because they are obvious. But ones like the end of Batman 28 are kind of annoying just because that is re- that is a really big plot twist and it's near impossible to see it coming. Good, He's got a good point there. Anybody, like just there being a new Amazing number one coming out when Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out, everyone knew about that the moment Amazing 700 came out. Like So, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a big old shocker. Uh, let's see here. A couple more. Uh, Michael Grimm is elite. I'm cool with spoilers going up on websites because I've become accustomed to avoiding them as I don't want to know. And uh, Professional Layton... Prof- sorry. You know what? I'm going to skip you because I said it wrong. It's uh, not his fault. Shit in... Okay, fine. Professor Layton, but not written the way you think. I don't have a problem with spoilers, mostly because I don't read comics when they come out anymore. But if site starts doing this with post-credit scenes, then I'd be pissed. Which I kind of saw them do with Thanos. Like, it wasn't a post that said Thanos, and I'm glad I saw it opening day. I wouldn't not see a Marvel film opening day at this point, just all partially because of that. But it was a, a post that said, like, the end of credits thing explained. And it was just to go, like, for all the people who didn't go, wow, Thanos, they went, who the, what? What's, why are these nerds around me clapping? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so those uh, those are some good comments last week, bros. What's the new question? Well, since you asked, um, since I traveled to an office where people make comic books, I was wondering where you guys would what uh, comic office, even with time travel allowed, what comic book office or like even like one writer's personal office would you want to visit if you could pick any one? Uh, and here's the one I'm going to go with. It is, uh, I watched this great little interview with Roy Thomas, who was a, uh, an up-and-coming writer in Marvel in the mid-60s, who was very established by the late 60s. But he talks about when he was a kid in the early 60s that as a kid living in New York, you could take tours of DC and Marvel. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how going to the wow. DC offices... Were the madman offices? He said they were guys in suits smoking and drinking and plotting out comics. And then you go to the Marvel office, and it was the, like this crazy bunch of like of cool guys, just wow. the the hip guys going like, "Hey, let's do this fun thing, Stan." You and belong. You belong. I know it looked. It just looked like a lot of fun back then. And so I think it would be fun just to be in the old Marvel bullpen. As when long everybody... as you were white. Well, and <laughs> Jewish. They had, a lot of, they had a lot of Jews there. I guess that's true. And they had, there were like three women, including the lovely Flo Steinberg, who was the, uh, the like Stan's secretary for like three, 30 years. She's still around. She, I loved it so much in the, in the Steve Ditko documentary. Mm-hmm. 
he interviews her and like they they have Jonathan Ross interviews Flo and there's this cute this cute clip of Flo recorded at the time like well hello there I'm Flo Steinberg <laughs> and then they cut to her now and she has gray hair but she looks exactly the same otherwise she's like I'm Flo Steinberg yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so great but uh, yeah that's where I would want to go if not if it was just present day I would just want to go to the Marvel offices once it would it would be really cool uh, th- this ties in hope I'm not ruining a future question of the week. It ties into I do want to be on, on the fly on the wall on everything that happened to Carl Barks. Oh, yeah. I, I want to see him become I want to see a person passionate about drawing ducks yeah. uh, be disillusioned while working on the biggest cartoons in the world. I want to see him <laughs> I want to see him be forced away from that but valuable enough to be kept at the company, but to work alone mm-hmm. and never talk to anyone and never be told how well his shit is selling and like, and how exactly they kept that from him. And I know there's mm-hmm. no, there was no internet back then, but we've talked about this before. Carl Barks, his success was not necessarily made known to yeah. him. Well, around they the world. wanted to keep him unknown. Yes. That, uh, that's the thing everybody does know is that they called him in numerous languages, the good duck artist, because people could recognize when mm-hmm. he would draw Donald Duck books throughout yeah. the world. They just recognized his art. He was mm-hmm. not credited. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Brad? Uh, I mean, as far as offices of a... I mean, the Marvel office. Like mm-hmm. And I got uh-huh. close to getting that tour, actually, two years ago, but then yeah. the timing didn't sync up. But if it's just, like, writers... Mm-hmm. Oh, like, I don't know, a writer's office or an yeah, artist? Yeah, I mean, it would stuff. just be the lame man. I mean, the obvious answer for me of, like, I would love... And it's barely comic-related, but, like, the writing room for, like, next-gen. <laughs> like, just Good. to... That's not even comic-related. That would be pretty cool, though. <laughs> well, but you didn't say. You just said writers. And yeah. I'm like, there's no comic writer. There's no one comic writer that I'm like, I really want to go, you know... One per no one specific person that I'm that invested in where I'd want to like oh what was it like but <laughs> but like being in a room of writers going through an entire story and arguing mm-hmm. over this character wouldn't say that this character wouldn't do like who was that- the original choice for Joe Piscopo's uh, stand up comedian character it's probably uh, worse uh, actually I think I feel like he came to them like I want to be in an episode yeah it does seem like. He- do they write out do like, a Jerry wow, Lewis impression? The Joe Piscopo is interested in our science fiction Joe show. Joe Piscopo. I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, no, that's I, cool. I, I, I don't know. I don't really have anything else. Mm. It would be neat to just meet Gene Roddenberry back when he like, yeah, to be in like the original like, Star Trek offices. Well, too, to be in like be. the offices when they were first. That's why I love all the t- the the, mm. the stuff written in the eighties about next gen. Where like, have so many books and stuff about like the idea that Paramount had a press conference. In like 1986, that said, we are making a new Star Trek. Here's Gene Roddenberry, and then it's Roddenberry like going on this like utopian speech about the future, <laughs> and then like mm-hmm. we're gonna make this show, and then hearing all the stuff about the show, like it was supposed to be equal men and women, and then the people, the the networks or not the networks, but Paramount's like you can't have equal men and women on a ship that's out in space indefinitely. They'll just screw all the time, and the <laughs> women will be just like. You got to pare it down, and it's like what? And, and just That's and lame. they wanted to have like all this patriotic stuff because the Cold War was going, and mm-hmm. how he was fighting back against all that. Like, no, this show should not be a propaganda tool for a pro-America flag waving. Blah blah blah. All that stuff is like that's so neat. Was it was Gene Roddenberry? I have a simultaneous conception of him as a dick and a nice guy. Uh, there's definitely reports. You know, I mean, he's a very passionate, opinionated yes, dude. So, like, to blow up, probably. Yeah, like, he had very specific 
feelings about what Star Trek should be, which mm. didn't always make for great episodes. Well, right? there's that, but I mean, also personally, I know like some people, it was like he is a genius. He's the only one who through and through understands this, and it is his. Mm-hmm. But you'll definitely brush against him when you get mm. when you get in that deep. Like there'll be things where you're just like. Can you not bend a little or... Yeah, it just sounded like stifling for... I mean, I know that's what Harlan Ellison felt when he Mm -hmm. wrote for him. But then again, Harlan Ellison is a very difficult person, too. That's why he I don't have a vision of him as a good guy. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely not some magical utopian guy who Mm -hmm. made everyone happy. And, like, he's he's a conflicted person, but, like... Mm -hmm. Would you be interested in watching... You can order him on the Warner Archives, I think, but his... The post and pre-Star Trek pilots he made... Oh, like uh, it's you mean the TV future shows he, five thousand? It's, it's oh, I it see. has a the, title the like TV that. shows he tried to make. Right. Well, what yeah. about what about uh, Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda? Was that the name of that show? I don't the one that started Kevin, Kevin Sorbo. Sorbo's Andromeda. Oh wow! It was. Uh, I just like I just like things about like, and it, that even gets tied into like Paramount's boner for making its own network, and and Eisner going to Paramount before or after mm-hmm. Disney. I forget which one it before. was, but it's just all that stuff. It's like all these weird crisscrosses of history mm-hmm. happening, and then also Paramount tries to run and do its own thing with Star Trek. Realizes. No one understands this shit. <laughs> Apparently only Roddenberry does. So can you get him back in here? And then it's like, it was one guy. Like, only it's the opposite of Star Wars, where the one guy who controls it all mm. had, I don't know, he wasn't afraid to let other people come in and run it because he mm. wasn't the showrunner. He didn't write every single episode. He didn't direct every single He didn't seem to be a control freak. He was a control to... freak, but he also knew when to, like, I can't do everything. He I know, can't. He was a t. He was a professional TV producer, so he knows you can't. He can't do it all himself. Yeah. Unlike like George Lucas is just, I make movies and only I can make them. Yeah. So I don't know. It was a nice in between. They had other people running to the ground, but it was yeah. either way. It got ruined. Berman and Braga, and they fess up to it. And I mean, they before it went off the rails, they did. They both did great things. So what, yeah. Whatever. All right. So there. That's the question of the week. If you could go to any. Uh, if you could visit any office or creative place uh, of something you like at any point in time, where would it be? And why? And why? Answer that in the forums on lasertimepodcast.com. Slash forums. We're at the end, guys. And uh, boy, there's a lot to pimp. I will first say cheap popcast for Elimination Chamber, mainly because, you know, pro wrestling. There's been a buzzing this whole time. I think someone turned on the ice machine in the studio. I see. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the... Um, do you have an ice machine? Anyway. Uh, no, the Cheap Podcast is great. I'm, I'm super into it because I've been watching the WWE Network uh, a little each night. It's really fun. I've been watching... I, watched, oh, I bought that two weeks ago. I watched Starcade 97. Just, yeah. <laughs> I watched, you, uh, that was your first one. I watched yeah. WrestleMania 20 to see if uh, it was intact and Benoit was there. But the really? He was in Starcade. Yeah. Oh. He was in Starcade '97. Yeah, they don't cut out Benoit though. Apparently, from what I've read, they have cut out pro wrestler New Jack from all ECWs. <laughs> which, I don't even know uh, who he is. He was apparently a very Jack bad movie? man. <laughs> New Jack, Free Jack, Free uh, Jack. Uh, New Jack's. Do you believe I saw that in the theater with my parents? Yes. <laughs> New Jack's role was that he was a very violent uh, man uh, of wrestler. Gang member, and that he would uh, <laughs> the Debo. The... He would mercilessly beat people, but apparently he was very much really that. If he said he's the one in in Beyond the Mat who says, 
Oh yeah, I was uh, I was a licensed bounty hunter. I, I have four confirmed I have four confirmed kills. I'm like wow, that's oh, good. Jesus. But anyway, how you can yawn so loud in the microphone every time? WWE I'm Network sorry. is a lot. I'm of fun, taking Henry's place of yawning into the mic. We talk about uh, the elimination chamber on the most recent episode. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's great. Except for what's happening now on the show, kind of. Yeah. Daniel Bryan is just. Nah. Dude, it's, it's building fine. To something. It's guys, fine. what about you guys? Uh, oh, damn it! Laser time. Uh, I had a really <laughs> fun time. I don't. Was that show fun to be on? Uh, the pay TV episode of Laser Time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I I, I said it, it was very nice, Chris. <laughs> I said it I did a good you did job. a lot of research. It was very yeah, nice. You normally don't write that much and do that much research, but I was fascinated by the subject of like where the who the fuck had the idea for pay cable yeah. or cable like that's such a weird thing like guys i want to talk to you guys all the time so we're going to use this tin can on a string thing but i'm going to string it over into the hate <laughs> and then i'm going to string it to everybody else too you know what we're going to put string everywhere it's such a weird concept <laughs> yeah. that someone someone's i'm going to i'm going to lay this everywhere in the universe that we're all connected somehow uh, I, I thought some it, sort of interconnected network yes it is true but it paved the way for the internet which is what you Fucking kid, use every day. <laughs> Fine. Uh, <laughs> Laser time and video game apocalypse. That should be all new to, as well. Um, I am going to pimp the end of the show. Oh boy! And uh, VGEmpire.com, this podcast about video game music. Uh, lots of good conversation in the comments. Most recent episode was uh, mm-hmm. Blast Core and Jet Force Gemini for episode sixty-four. That's all for me. Take it away, Abba. Wait, no, wait. Until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!